0: I did write a little note to uh, Mark Andreessen, he didn't respond, but I said, you know, here we are a couple dozen years later and the internet is everywhere. Sometimes I want, this was right after, you know, it became clear what, um, was going on with the government meddling, uh, Mm -hmm. with the the Twitter, uh, subscriber list and what people were allowed to say on Twitter. And I said, "It, it was a really cool thing. Son Sun and Netscape did, but sometimes I wonder whether we did a good thing.
1: Because
0: <laughs> there's there's so much, um, you know, misbehavior, like where are their parents kinds of stuff going on from the top of the big agencies all the way down to teachers to, you know, kids at four sitting in front of an iPad at dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of talking to their parents and so I, I just wonder sometimes what did we unleash and we might be thinking that about ai someday huh
1: yeah possibly I you know i guess like all technologies they can be double-edged swords but it does seem like on balance the internet has done more for human freedom than not Hey everybody, welcome to the What Is Money show. I am thrilled to have you here joining me on my mission to help shine light on the collection of money. So if you're looking to start uh, a deep dive into the nature of money, I don't think there's any place better that you can start other than episode one of this show. Now, a little bit about this show and how it makes money. The What Is Money show is 100% sponsor-based, so all of our revenues are derived from direct sponsorships. And I strive to be very selective about the sponsors that I work with, specifically only using sponsors that I use personally, and also choosing sponsors that have values which are well aligned to the values expressed on this show, such as freedom, Again, that's Wolf, WolfNYC, dot com. Scott McNeely, welcome to the What Is Money Show. It's great to be here. I really appreciate your time. It's great to have you, Scott. Um, you probably don't need much of an introduction, but just in case, I will provide one anyways. You are the co-founder of Sun Microsystems, um, and you are now currently working in both an advisory capacity and working on education through your nonprofit profit Hopefully, I said that right. Perfect. Um, yeah. Sun Microsystems was a really, really big player leading into the digital age here. So, you've been working in tech for, for many, many years. Um, I would love to just hear like your story. I mean, I, I'm sure it's a... You could probably fill many hours with it, but maybe just the path from where you started, to how you got into entrepreneurship, to
0: how you got to today. Sure. I grew up in the Midwest, classic, midwesterner, all kinds of cities. Uh, Dad moved around a lot, eventually ended up in uh, Detroit and uh, played hockey, golf, swimming, baseball, tennis, went to uh, Harvard, apologized for that. I worked a couple more years, went to Stanford Business School, double apologized for that. And, uh, studied economics and business and i just started off working in factories Uh, my first job was buck 75 an hour washing cars for roger penske chevrolet in michigan and eventually i was building plastics in uh, central illinois and ashtabula ohio truck hoods and corvette parts and then i went on to business school and it came out and i worked at fmc corporation building tanks and uh, being a sales rep. And then I, uh, started, uh, uh, a company with, uh, Vinod Khosla, Andy Bechtelheim and Bill Joy called Sun Microsystems, Stanford University Network workstation. And it was really Andy had built this Sun workstation at Stanford and we grabbed it and, and it became part of the distributed computing model. We started in 1982, the four of us, I was, um, 27 as were the other three founders I had three years business experience which was more than the other three founders combined <laughs> uh, we took Andy's prototype in uh, February 24th we uh 1982 we incorporated we went profitable in May uh and our revenues were if I can remember correctly were 8.9 million the first year uh about uh, 30 million the second year about uh, 100 million the third year about 250 the next year or 500 and then a billion dollars so that was our growth rate doing hardware doing real stuff it wasn't just software this was before the internet happened we were the first company to put tcp ip on every computer we ship we open sourced almost all of our ip we uh, shared we had open interfaces it was not the proprietary wins that microsoft and apple and other and ibm and others had we wanted to share and proliferate proliferate and uh, allow everybody to stand on our shoulders and, and uh, we stand on the shoulders we called it mankind versus Microsoft at the time but, uh, it was it was a lot of fun and then uh, after about 30 years I ran it for the last two thirds of well, more than that probably um, uh, Larry Allison came along and bought us out and uh, there you have it uh, I was a good capitalist uh, Larry's a great capitalist <laughs> Nice
1: so what was that how many years altogether at Sun then?
0: It was over 30 years. So Wow. Yeah, and uh, since then I've been doing advisory work for lots of little companies I advise for uh, stock options. And then uh, we started Curriki at Sun when we were there to open-source educational content because we thought, why are we open-sourcing things like operating systems, textbooks, or operating systems and spreadsheets and uh, word processors and all that? Why don't we open-source uh, learning and and allow the world to uh, proliferate that way. We still haven't gotten there yet, uh, mm-hmm. but we're working on it with curriculum. It's hard to do without a big company behind it. Uh, I think if if a large, very, very large company decided they wanted to open source education, we could get it done. In the meantime, we're going to do it through the grassroots, uh, you know, one step at a time through curriculum, curriculum wiki was kind of the original name, so it's C-R-R-I ai.org, so people can check it out
1: that's very cool i've become quite passionate about education myself um you know michael saylor has the sailor academy too he's doing something similar just trying to um you know get education out. because the beautiful thing about knowledge is that once it's there right it doesn't hurt you to distribute it necessarily like it's it's
0: it's it's accretive to everyone the more it gets out it can't be totally free. Yeah, because uh, if it's totally free, there's no economic incentive. So what we're building is you have iTunes for music, you have uh we you have the Google store for apps, you have Netflix for movies. We're trying to build Netflix for interactive learning experiences. So mm-hmm. we built an authoring tool called Coriki Studio, it's free and open source on GitHub. And now we're building the store architecture that anybody can use tilt up. And start offering these experiences that pays the people who contributed to the content, Mm. that texts the copyright, and makes it portable. So it's sort of like the old Java world: run write once, run anywhere. This is create once, and and experience anywhere. So we're building that whole architecture. A lot of ex Sun thinking in Mm. this, and uh, our goal. We're we're talking to some very, 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 very large. service providers uh, cloud service providers about tilting up stores that are all compatible federated and interoperable so a student can just say i want to do seventh grade math i want to learn about the violin or i want to learn about economics or whatever and we we're creating a an achievement portfolio so every time you do something new it goes into your own personal proprietary blockchain uh, immutable uh, encrypted experience portfolio and and then when somebody says what have you done you can pull it up and say this is what i've done it's authenticated this is when i took it this is how i did on it and uh we want to take this this uh, uh transcript ownership away from businesses schools and governments and we want to mm-hmm. put it in the, hands of the actual student through their lifetime k to gray so that's our that's our big swing it's my hallucination that i'm <laughs> than in my in my current life, working on it, I'm very very excited about it, and we've got some very very interesting traction with this. And anybody, you could create uh, a a line of what is money uh, curriculum that you hmm. could put in the store, and you could make money on it just so that you could advertise it, promote it, and make it better and better and uh, more and more broad. And imagine not having to go to government schools, because I think government schools are part of the root of all. Deterioration in our country, just Mm -hmm. absolutely, from from the government endowed uh, universities to you know the preschool stuff. They're trying to get at, trying to get out your kid. Uh, I think you should be, you know, sent to child protective services for handing your kid off to the government for eight hours a day. It's just, if you're going to do that, don't have kids.
1: I agree strongly. It's pretty pretty despicable what's going on inside of public
0: educational institutions. I'll call it public, call it government education. It's not, it's not public about it. It's government. That's right. That's Once right. we, this beauty of government, they learn how to, all things that they aren't, like the Affordable Health Care Act, Right. anything, right? And inflation isn't, mm-hmm. good, right? You inflate a balloon, that's good, right? No, it's devaluing. It's counterfeiting. It's ripping off. I mean, it every, every time I hear the government say something, I think, all right, the opposite is what's really happening. Yeah. No, that's great. There's I forget who shared
1: this with me, but you can you can surmise the true purpose of a piece of legislation by just inverting the name. You know, if it's the Affordable the infl- Health Care, the, infl- the, the Inflation Reduction Act like, is exactly make, wrap up. Printing money to reduce inflation. It's like it's it's actually asinine. Um that's that's super cool. I yeah, I i think we that is the answer, actually, I think to a lot of the problems is you get kids out of state schools so the mechanism of indoctrination is now removed and then you get this free market educational environment going online and people can learn on their own, right? You can become a critical thinker, um with your own means, by your own devices, I guess. I'm
0: hoping you can have me on later on because you probably want to discuss other things. But it like if you think about evolution of man, we had a expected life a life expectancy of maybe thirty years, non go mm-hmm. like in the evolutionary brink of an eye, which says that man was incredibly productive from puberty through twenty mm-hmm. That's not a lot of years. That's when we were the most hormonal, the most uh, unencumbered, the best shape, the most capable, the whatever. And what do we do for four of those years? We take them to college and we teach them how to tailgate, how to drink, how to smoke, how right. to uh, procreate, how to you know go to the healthcare center and get penicillin, and and how to be a communist. And so you take and 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 not to work and to take after-tax dollars from the parents and suck it out and put it into this this liberal engine. Mm-hmm. Just like, it's, it's. think about all the great entrepreneurs, like Gates, Balmer, Jobs, Dell, uh, the Google boys, uh, Zuckerberg, they all quit. Oh, all yeah. of didn't, Not one college has ever said they will make you smarter. Not one has ever said your IQ will go up X percent. Not one. And we're sending money there to go, like, grow up? Grow up at a frat? That's that's not the deal. So if we could just send every 18-year-old out to get a job and say, you can Mm -hmm. go back at 22, I'll bet 3% of the people would go back to college. And you ask anybody my age, what percentage of what you learned at college did you use in your life? And the answer is zero to one percent, almost endlessly. And yet we're the, the, talk about advertising and branding. Stanford is the best marketeer of nothing in the world. It's it, it, in fact, it's it's not it's opportunity cost. It's not no op. It's it's a. It's a huge destructive force in so many people's lives. And I know because I went there, my wife went there, my father in law went there, Mm -hmm. my brother in law and my sister in law went there, and three of my boys went there. And the fourth one said, screw it, I'm going to Baylor. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, I have a little, a little um, direct experience with that.
1: Yeah. I know it's a lot of good points. And, Even the word, like the word you mentioned there was
0: liberal. That's another one of those words that the state twisted. Because liberal... Progressive. They call it progressive. What's progressive about the regression we're in right now? (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Everything, and they invert the meaning. Liberal used to mean low to no government, right? Liberality. And now somehow liberal means big, blue, regulate me harder, daddy kind of mentality. I don't know. It seems... It's hard, it it sounds conspiratorial, but it does seem like the attacks on language are purposeful because if you can break language, you can break our consensus on meanings of words and we can't have rational dialogue. We can't figure out what's really going on, so. You're being a racist. Yeah, (laughs) 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 everything, (laughs) everything (laughs) under the sun. Let me ask you about On Sun Microsystems. What was the big product? Like what was the product that really put you guys on the map Or, or products, I
0: suppose? I will. Uh, there were several. One was CCP ip It was an open source protocol for sharing information across the network. It was the internet, which that is now it. an internet standard. Yeah. Right. And it, not, not every 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 device is IP. We were the first company to put IP on every computer. Second thing we did was we went uh, with open source. So mm-hmm. rather than, uh, I remember we brought a guy in from deck and uh, the first thing he said is, "You can't share that." technology with everybody. That's our corporate jewels. Those are our corporate jewels. And we said, no, what good is a phone if it doesn't interoperate with other people's phones? Mm. You've got to have open standard, uh, open meaning published APIs, published technology Uh and in high volume. Uh, If if you don't have open standard technologies, you can't win. So yeah, it's better to create a monopoly with proprietary technology like Bill Gates did with DOS and and Mm. Office or that Apple, I mean, they're the most proprietary of the companies out there right now. Uh, IBM did it with their technology because there were no clones. But we thought we can't beat them by just being a monopolist. We can change the world by opening. So we shared. We -hmm. shared our technology and made it open and uh, uh, found lots of good ways to make money and grow. Uh, That was the second one. And then the third one was Java which was, you know, kind of the the language, we put the Java open programming environment that ran on micro, uh, on, on uh, credit cards all the way through the lunar uh, or the Mars lander. We had a hundred percent of the Mars landing marketplace, the, the lunar vehicle there, mm. the Mars landing vehicle, which was just one, but uh, <laughs> everything in between, and it was right ones run anyway. So it was portability across the whole world. You don't remember, but we used to have to recompile applications onto each different. You know there were two hundred different APIs for computers, and we standardized all of that. So those were some of the great things we did: distributed computing, workstations. We, we did a lot of stuff. Uh, mm. uh, we probably had the most prolific labs in the world uh, per dollar spent, but uh, we did it because we shared and 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 did it in an open way. I sort of we sort of miss Bell Labs. I think we sort of miss Sun Labs out there in the world today, creating technology in an mm. open way.
1: Well, wow, so you, I mean you. Guys contributed significantly to the open source ethos of the internet, and Absolutely. up to and including contributing, yeah. and ultimately these internet standards that ossified, like TCP/IP, which is still part of the internet protocol suite today. Wait, and it's also rid- jobber, yeah. And an argument could be made: all of this is um, a precursor to Bitcoin success, really. So you kind of contributed to Bitcoin, and indirectly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the internet happened. Uh, you know, it really took off with, with TCP IP for sure. But when we put Java runtime in the Netscape Mark Andreessen browser, mm-hmm. that, if you go back, that was the thing that went, boom. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, there were 100 million browsers that were interactive, uh, HTML, HTTP, HTTP uh, browsers out there. And Automatically, we hit the internet age. I did write a little note to, uh, Mark Andreessen. And he didn't respond, but I said, you know, here we are a couple dozen years later and the internet is everywhere. Sometimes I want, this was right after, you know, it became clear what, um, uh, was going on with the government meddling, uh, mm-hmm. with the, the Twitter, uh, subscriber list and what people were allowed to say on Twitter. And I said, it, it was a really cool thing that Sun and Netscape did. But sometimes I wonder whether we did a good thing.
1: Because
0: <laughs> there's, there's so much um, you know, misbehavior, like where are their parents kinds of stuff going on from the top of the big agencies all the way down to teachers to you know kids at 4 sitting in front of an ipad at dinner mm-hmm. uh, instead of talking to their parents and so I, I just wonder sometimes what did we unleash and we might be thinking that about ai someday huh yeah possibly
1: uh, you know i guess like all technologies they can be double-edged swords but it does seem like on balance the internet has done more for human freedom than not um you know whatever There's there's a lot of Shades of gray in there, I suppose, but um, and the netscape wow. Netscape moment you mentioned that's often cited as like the 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 killer app basically for the internet was the Netscape, right that people the everyday person can now navigate the internet, and that's what led to the internet becoming such a prominent feature of our lives and I think a lot of people in Bitcoin say we still need the Netscape moment for Bitcoin, like looking for that right that that application or use case whatever it may be that causes people to just onboard to bitcoin
0: in mass all of the sudden well i saw my Bitcoin moment uh with over the last um year and a half to two years and that's late getting into the game mm. but what i saw well what we did during covid mm. um you know it, i should have known back when and uh, what was it? 2008, when we did the that big billion-dollar stimulus package, or whatever it was—I can't remember. 80 billion—I can't remember. 700 billion was the total in 2008. I, I, I want when I was born, the entire federal budget was 70 billion dollars. <laughs> exactly. It's now—they're now spending billion. So that what I saw was you're printing money, counterfeiting money flooding the market, you're devaluing the purchasing power of the dollar. That's what I said. All right, I need a hedge against hyperinflation. Mm-hmm. I also, you know, I, I need a hedge because uh something I know people say, how can you trust that? I say, well, I know I can't trust our government to manage our money supply properly. Because if they if they were to do the right thing, they would say, All right, we're going to grow the money supply at the moving average of the last three years of the private sector of the U.S. economy growth. Mm-hmm. So we have liquidity. You know, obviously, you can't have you know not enough cash for the. Well, let's just grow it at at the rate of the GDP growth in the private sector. Mm-hmm. That's because that's the true growth of the economy. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, all of a sudden inflation. I hate the word inflation. It's so wrong. We're deflating the value. And yeah. for some reason, all of these bureaucrats, the swamp says, you know, we we're targeting 1% to 3% inflation. No, no. That means you're targeting 1% to 3% confiscation right. of my my wealth without me voting on it, without taxing me, without... And it's worse than that, Robert, because there's probably at least 3% Productivity gains being made, which reduce prices, mm-hmm. Well, prices are going up three percent, and we're we have three redu- percent uh, improvement in productivity. That's a six percent ripoff. That's right. That that is going on. That is that the the average government educated dummy has no idea what I'm saying, and they still don't. Even if they listen to this podcast, they aren't going to get what I'm saying. But that was my moment. I said, holy mackerel, I'd rather trust some magical, mythical Mm -hmm. Japanese person Mm -hmm. that um, I hope has a finite number of coins out there because I know there's no finite number of dollar bills out there. Mm -hmm. Now I'd like to tell you
1: about our sponsor, iCoin Technology. iCoin has just released a sleek new hardware wallet looks like a mini iPhone, a little touch screen and camera on it. Uh, the device has no Wi-Fi, no cellular connection, no GPS. It's a strictly physically cold hardware wallet. Uh, like I said, it's got a high res three inch touch screen. It's got a camera for air gapping the wallet. Uh, it's got optional Bluetooth compatibility and it's a really a, a brand new UI UX experience for a hardware wallet, making it very accessible, easy to use, not intimidating. And as we always talk about on this show the only way you can truly own your bitcoin is by having it in self-custody so you need a device like icoin wallet to truly own your bitcoin go to icointechnology.com today and use promo code bitcoin23 for 30 percent off of this new sleek hardware wallet now i'd like to tell you about our sponsor the gold investment letter The Gold Investment Letter helps sophisticated investors navigate capital markets and maximize their profits in trading gold, silver, and mining stocks. The Gold Investment Letter seeks out the most undervalued companies and identifies special situations in the mining sector, and then provides in-depth analysis on both their financial positions and future prospects. The Gold Investment Letter explores many complex domains, such as investor psychology, portfolio management, and macroeconomic trends, all with the goal of making you a better investor. The Gold Investment Letter offers a free version and a paid premium version. And I strongly recommend you at least sign up for the free version because after having read a few of these issues, I can promise you it is a treasure trove of good information. You can sign up for the free newsletter today at goldinvestmentletter.com. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth is a Bitcoin-enabled alternative to legacy health insurance. Now let's face it, legacy health insurance is an absolute scam. Nobody can explain this better than the legendary comedian Chris Rock.
0: Insurance. you got to have some insurance. you got to. That's an insurance. They shouldn't even
1: call it insurance. They should just call it in-case shit. I give a company some money in-case shit happens. Now, if shit don't happen, shouldn't I get my money back? <laughs> so with CrowdHealth, instead of just paying premiums that you'll never see again, you can hold part of this pool of savings in dollars and in Bitcoin through CrowdHealth. And when you have a health event, you can draw against this pool of communal savings. So go to joincrowdhealth.com breedlove to learn more or sign up. Now, I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Wasabi Wallet. With Wasabi Wallet, you can receive, send, and store Bitcoin privately. In Wasabi Wallet, your transaction history and wallet balance are completely hidden. Wasabi Wallet is easy to use, all of its privacy features are built in by default, and it works with any amount of Bitcoin. Wasabi users can make CoinJoin transactions together with BTC Pay Server users or Trezor Suite users. For BTC Pay server users, they can make payments directly inside of a coin join. And for Trezor Suite users, you can make coin joins directly on a hardware wallet. These features result in the fee savings and security improvements for both sets of users. So go to wasabiwallet.io today to download the state of the art Bitcoin privacy wallet. I mean it just isn't. Yeah, there's the what's the guy? I always forget his name, but the Indian guy that works in the Federal Reserve, he actually says the opposite. He says the Federal Reserve has infinite cash. And, I... I, you know, it's its just, okay, if that claim is true, if you presume this guy that's speaking on national television is telling the truth, then he's telling you that the dollar is going to zero. Just
0: divide by infinity, right? Your purchasing power divided by infinity equals zero. But that—that that is assuming somebody... Or anybody has even the remote basic fundamentals of macroeconomics. I know. And and, and if, there is no IQ test for voting. Right. Yeah.
1: Well, it, oh, it is unfortunate. It is somewhat simple. I mean, it does involve math. But I, I'm I'm mystified, honestly, why more people don't pay attention to this. So that's part of the reason why I started the show. It's like, hey, let's talk about
0: the the right. scam here, guys. Uh, the problem too is that it is so regressive. The tax. That's right. Yeah. The the when you print money, it is so regressive, but they make it sound so good. Um, but you know, I helps the know. poor, gives to the rich. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's the oligarchs and you know and the apparatchik Mm. that are. Let's 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 ask every citizen: Do you know what the GAO is? That's the General Accounting Office, right? Mm -hmm. That is the group that knows where every penny in the U.S. government goes, Mm -hmm. and could tell you that. If 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 we had a true government of the people, the GAO would publish its entire annual set of books just like GE does mm-hmm. and it would all be out there in excruciating detail and we could we could know where all of the money is going well half of the PPP money into California went to nefarious corrupt they don't know where I went mm. if, if if we could publish they don't want us to know and they don't want to know because then they're criminals if it just kind of filters in and wandered through and boomerangs back through bank and freed what's his name um yeah sam bankman freed bankman freed you know and laundered. you know there's all kinds yeah. of ukraine money laundered through there oh, yeah. the silicon valley bank was a massive donor to blm is BLM going to return that money back? I mean, the, the places it goes and, you know, it's not just private, it's public sector money, it's government-backed money. I mean, I have an issue with that because the government is backing the banks. Yeah. So, you know, I sort of feel like if they're going to spend that money, um, you know, schools, what are they doing? that They're getting money from the government. And not nobody has any idea, especially the GAO, where all the money is going. Imagine that Sun Microsystems is a public company. I had the books and the control over the books that the U.S. government has. I would be doing a perp walk with Bernie Madoff, all the guys from right. WorldCom, um, and all the rest of it.
1: Yeah, no, it's a great—it's another one of those—it's an instance of that rules for thee, not for me, right? That The government's imposing this— um, openness right of, of
0: full disclosure and whatnot but then the government
1: itself is not
0: not following suit oh back to your point because i think it's a good one what's the bitcoin moment i think the hyperinflation and the ripoff uh i i, I think the the finite um coin architecture of bitcoin makes it a much safer uh, long-term bet yeah. than any because they're all racing about every government in the world is running around just ripping off its citizenry by printing. The other one that's coming, I think is the U S digital coin. And that one's really scary because they can force adoption by saying, we're only going to, Hey, if they write checks for $7 billion a year, like they're doing, then they can put it out only in U S digital dollars. Mm-hmm. So then, now you're stuck with these. Now you, you know that's the only way. To and by the way, they say you must pay your income taxes. That's right. And then all of a sudden, they force adoption of this. Now all of a sudden, anonymity goes away, mm-hmm. and I think that's horrible. I think anonymity does breed irresponsibility, but uh, not having anonymity is the only way you can protect yourself from uh, the bad people. Yeah. Yeah, well it's it's an
1: intrinsic part of freedom, right? To selectively reveal or conceal yourself. The idea of being forced to reveal yourself is it's anti-freedom, right? It doesn't make any sense. Right. And I I talked about this earlier too that it's the common trope against privacy. People will say, "Well, if you don't have anything to hide, then privacy doesn't matter." But the people that say that typically are wearing clothes right? Clothes are like a visual manifestation for the human desire for privacy. It's like, if you don't have anything to hide, we'll just run around naked all the time. Yeah. And don't, we, don't, don't, don't,
0: don't put shades on your windows. Don't, don't put a door Exactly. Your, no locks on your doors. No. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I don't know if you know, but my most famous quote ever, and, uh, was back in the, I think it was the mid nineties or something. I said, you have no privacy, get over it. And I was really talking about the, um, uh, the issue of all of the new social media companies and the consumer companies. And I was talking about the private sector knows so much about you. And I was saying, you know, if you don't like it, the the other part that nobody heard was, if you don't like Facebook, don't use it. If you don't Mm -hmm. like uh, Kroger's, then, you know, go to a different store because they're not using your, you know, use your consumer power. Well, go with your wallet. Yeah, but the problem is, uh, if the government invades your privacy, you have nowhere else to go That's right you can't just switch governments yeah. and you know that's that's where it's gotten really insidious and that's where you and I I think both come down hard on government has to stay in its very very tiny skinny small focused lane yeah. and the creep we've had in the government, you know 90 percent of the cabinets uh, that we have in in the government, You know, ministries—we should call them—or czars that we, you know, the czar of, you know, the Department of Education are the—they're czars, and they shouldn't. They—they we should just absolutely shut them all down. Um, You know, Trump said he was going to shut down the DOE. I was excited; he got my vote for that (laughs) Department of uh, Education. He didn't do it, and I don't know whether it's because he just can't get it done. I mean, I don't—I don't know what happens when you become president, but some some people from some agency, secret agencies must sit down with you and say, all right, look what happened to some previous presidents. Right. If it happened to you. You better just, you know, back off. I don't Go know. on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I I think, um, you know, I, I hate to trash talk my old country because I'm as patriotic and as focused, but I just think there's so much, Compromised assets walking around in elected uh, positions right now that uh, we're, we're having a hard time. It scares me to death that we'll have a a currency that you get paid on that they will tell you when you got to spend it, where you can spend it, right. and they can turn it off. That's right. That is that is absolute terror. Because I'll tell you what: if you lose your financial freedoms and liberties, you will have no personal. That's right. Liberty. There's just you will have none without financial. And nobody understands that. Everybody's, you know, oh, you know, I, I I I just don't like what they're doing about this, that, or the other thing. Well, just we gotta we gotta reinstill personal responsibility or we'll have no freedoms. Well,
1: excellently said. I think uh, Ayn Rand had a quote something to the effect of the only human right is the right to life and the only implementation or that is property rights. If a man cannot control the product of his own labor, then he has no rights at all. And that's what we're talking about with this money thing, right? It's like money's an instrument of freedom, right? It gives you pure optionality in the marketplace, but if all of a sudden it's being used to survey you or control you, right? In terms of if you say the wrong thing, it gets turned off or it has an expiration date. Uh, It really becomes a dystopian mechanism and I, you know, I agree with you. I think we have to resist the centralization of money at all costs. We're all, Honestly, the situation we're in is already a result of that. Like the reason government has grown to such an extent and the reason they can just spend, you know, the deficit without tears, I think as someone once called it, is because they have access to a money printer. Unlike every other business in the
0: world that has to be profitable, has a ability no. to a responsibility. Exactly. Everybody's been thrown in jail from the government. I mean, oh. what what percentage of government crimes end up in jail? So you're I mean, right. how in the world could the FBI have all the Epstein tapes and we haven't had one prosecution? How in the world? Thirty thousand. Hillary Clinton is the best technologist in the world because thirty thousand emails disappeared from the planet. I've never heard anybody else was able to eliminate thirty thousand emails. If that kind of stuff just doesn't happen in the Private sector because it doesn't, right. huh? but yeah. But go to another, I want to bring back another point we were talking about. You know the great advance of the internet, and I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know what? When I grew up, I got on my bike, rode to school. I on the weekends, I'd get on my bike at in the morning. I'd come back at dinner time. I had to be back by the time it was dark. I went into my neighbors' houses. They, they were all unlocked. We didn't have fences between the houses. And, and, um, uh, we slept at night with the doors unlocked. Mm. and I think that was freedom. That now, was Liberty. That was pursuit of happiness. And yeah, we didn't do We didn't always behave ourselves when we were on the bike and running around town, like little gangsters. <laughs> <laughs> there might've been a mailbox that got blown up every now and then, but <laughs> You know, it was there was it was a very, very different time. There's no way you let your kids get on a bike and ride around all day and then they come back. Right. That there are we we have so little freedoms today. You could get up and move, you could buy a house, you could get a job, you, you could fire people if they weren't doing a good job for you. There were so many things that you could do mm. back then that you can't do right now and you get you used to get to keep a lot more of your money that's right it's um what decade was that that was in the 60s i was born in 1954
1: Uh, yeah 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 Yeah, and then post 1971 things have just been
0: getting worse and worse and worse yep Uh, yeah so the freedoms are there even though the internet came along and in fact i feel more tracked and more uh, um I, I I've I've grown up as a CEO looking for things, and what I, I try to tell my boys—I got four boys—and I tell them whenever anybody says something or you see something on TV, figure out who's saying it, why are they saying it, and who's paying them to say it.
1: Mm. That's so right. <laughs> I just
0: start with that, um, and then you know we've all been told politicians do this for the good of America. Oh crap! I'm so over that now. Because uh, there's so much big money in this thing, it's who's paying them yeah. to do that. And and I think the more un- I mean, I think most of our elected officials are either intellectually compromised, and you can come up with a couple of quick names there, or financially compromised. I think that's a really long list, or sexually compromised, and that's the Epstein list and others, hmm. and or the, there there's some out there who are threefers,
1: right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All three. Yeah, I'm reminded of this
1: quote I read recently. It says, we throw petty thieves in jail, the great ones we elect to public office. Yes. And um, it's a bitter pill to swallow because it's not fun to think about the world being run by thieves, but I think that is the paradigm of central banking and the nation state. Like It, it is what it is. If you can't say no to the transaction... And what else can you call it other than theft? Um, So you brought up earlier... um, Well, let me ask you this, actually. With all of this going on in the world, um, the younger generations... I feel especially bad for kids coming fresh out of college today or in college, or maybe even coming out of high school, like it's such a confusing formative time in the world, it seems like a PSYOP is being very heavily run, this wokeism and all this insanity, men or women, like, you know, up is down, definitions don't make sense anymore. And I feel like we need to, there needs to be a, a refuge for young people or some source of sense making for them to look to. What advice would you give to young people coming up in this world today like how how can we make sense of what what's going on especially when you're in those years that you're you're formative and impressionable and whatnot what what is it can young that young people can internalize
0: to survive and thrive in this world well you know we have just destroyed the family structure Mm -hmm. you know i think the um Paying people, paying single women to have babies back in when I was younger, was the start of you know the f- destruction of the of the nuclear family. There were a lot of couples that stayed together out of economic necessi- necessity, mm-hmm. but then you had a male and a female influence, and that's now not even you not what the heck is a male influence? What the heck? Toxic masculinity is like really. We need a little more. Um, mm-hmm. Just worry about this gal who said we're going to have all electric vehicles in our in our uh, defense department. And like she's never fought a never fought a war, apparently right. Not that I have, but I've at least studied enough to know that that's not a really bright idea. It, it, it's we we. I don't know how we go back to it, but I'm telling my boys. I say go try and find a gal who wants to. Have lots of kids who wants to stay at home, make make the home, make uh m- support you in your role to go out and create economic value. I, I want to talk about just for a second a little sidebar. I mean, I'm, I'm Neanderthal. Sorry, I'm just Neanderthal. <laughs> hey, I'll, hey, I'll, hey, it takes one to know one. I am as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh My idea just jumped out of my head. Um, I'll, I'll, it'll come back. Uh, there's so many things here that are that are at work, but um, it, it's just, we have to get back to traditional traditional values. Um, you mm-hmm. know, you look at the single parent house, two thirds of marriages end up in divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just aren't getting, and, and that the, the good news about breaking the family up is that you have to have the government raise your child. Mm-hmm. With Currici, I'm hoping we can get to homeschooling and you get pods of families together. And do the homeschooling, and you look at homeschoolers; they outperform everybody on mm-hmm. the tests coming out of the, of the government schools. And it, th- so that's that's one of my, you know, big hallucinations that I'm hoping someday we can get back to having the family educate like it did for l- the last two two million generations. It's uh, that, l- don't outsource if you if you can't afford a kid and you don't want to raise it, and you don't want to educate it, don't have it. Yeah, You can have lots. I mean, Elon Musk has got that right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, really, it is the best thing in the world, Um, as hard as it is, but definitely brings a lot of meaning to life for sure. Sure does. Um, Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Bitcoin Conference 2023. This three-day event will be held May 18th through 20th in Miami Beach. Uh, This is going to be the biggest event of the year, as it always is. And the past two years in Miami have simply been amazing. Uh, Day one's Industry Day. Days two and three are going to be open to general admission. And I'd say this is a great place to go and network with Bitcoiners or even look for a job. Uh, Just a really all-around great experience. It's a fantastic speaker lineup including Michael Saylor, Zoltan Pozar, Lynn Alden, Alex Gladstein, many others. And last year, we did a 10 million sats giveaway for this event, and we're going to do it again this year. So to get discounted tickets and enter for a chance to win 10 million sats, go to b.tc slash conference and use code BREEDLOVE. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Casa. Casa makes it simple to buy and secure your Bitcoin without wondering whether you're doing it right. Specifically, Casa provides a multi-key custody solution, which is by far the most secure way to custody your Bitcoin. Now, when I talk about Bitcoin being theft-proof money or inviolable private property, a multi-key custody model is exactly what I am talking about. Using multiple keys lets you maintain full control of your Bitcoin while also giving you redundancy in case you lose one of the keys. It's also the best way to secure your Bitcoin for inheritance planning purposes. So go to keys.casa, that's C-A-S-A, today to sign up and use discount code BREEDLOVE. Okay, wow. With all, okay, also with all this craziness going on in the world, it really seems like we are regressing. Like we went through the 20th century, we basically tested the ideologies, right? Communism was tested. Socialism was tested. And not only theoretically did we know it was bunk, right? Thanks to, you know, Mises and Hoppe and all the the libertarian philosophers. But then empirically, we got to see that socialism and communism are a disaster, right? They don't work. They create, once again, talk about opposites. You know, it's supposed to be the utopia. It actually creates the dystopia. Millions starving, millions murdered, et cetera, et cetera. What can we do... Uh, I guess this is sort of geared towards young people, but kind of geared towards all people. How do we win back territory in that ideological struggle between, let's say, socialism and communism and capitalism? Like, I'm fighting in this idea space all the time, and I'm not... It just seems like some people just... They just grab onto the thing that they identify with, and they won't let go. Like, there's no reasoning. There's no talking sense to them. What can we do to help people see... The truth of these different isms that we always talk about.
0: Well, I got a chance as the CEO of Sun Microsystems. I went to Taiwan and I saw China. Mm. I I went to uh, East Berlin and West Berlin, and you know I saw the U.S. and Russia. Mm-hmm. And, you know you can look at Cuba and anything. And it was the but those were perfect experiments. I remember the first time i drove across the berlin wall after it came down it was like going from west berlin which was oz to kansas all of a sudden it was black and white there was mm-hmm. no color uh the first time i went to china i was in um A-King, and i'm walking down the street and it's there's no neon there were no lights People were riding their bikes down the middle of the freeway in, in like droves, and, mm-hmm. and 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 people were bathing in the river, and there were dead bodies on the road because the cars were hitting every trip. Patty, you see one dead body just laying on the side of the road, and I'm thinking, wow, that this is this is you can't believe this, and you know, it it's people. It should be obvious, but I don't understand. This is where I worry about the internet and algorithms and you know, clickbait and all the rest of it. And and what China gives us with TikTok versus what they give their own the algorithms that TikTok gives the Chinese students on, you know, tricky caliber learning versus you know what we get, which is look at the idiots and and dividing and all the rest of it it's I don't I don't know I don't know how we educate people but the government schools are going to teach you government mm. private schools might in the, your own home might teach you about the private sector uh, and and why is the private sector so important first of all I studied economics I wrote uh, honors thesis on antitrust I read the Sherman Antitrust the the one work in in capitalism and market economy is market monopoly power. Mm. And that's where our gut... Go- when was the last time the government enforced antitrust? They, they don't anymore because they're getting paid by the oligarchs. That's the answer. Mm. So what we need to do is get people to understand. And I, I met with my favorite billionaire recently, who shall remain nameless, but he said, I'm over philanthropy. And we, we discussed it, and we both came to the conclusion that giving money away is... Far better than giving it to the government who gives mm-hmm. it away corruptly. Mm-hmm. But that putting money into the private sector is the best way to, to redistribute wealth. So the worst way to redistribute wealth is taxes. Because mm-hmm. half of it goes corrupt. The other, and another fourth goes to, I mean, it, 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 to misallocation. Yeah, And, you know, the amount we need to spend on safety net is, you know, I ask a doctor, how many, uh, I ask them all the time, what percentage of kids are born incapable of supporting themselves, either physically or mentally? And the answer is always 1%, 2%, 3%. So why don't we put up a safety net to give uh, room, board, and, and tuition, and uh, uh, s- safety to the bottom 3%? and we ask each state to do it not the federal government to do it and let them take care of that locally as opposed to taking out I mean we're we're hurtling towards 50% of the GDP in the government sector that's ridiculous but the bottom line is the worst thing you can do with your money is give it to taxes the second worst thing you can do is give it to charities because and I'm running one right now but, but it's but so I'll show you my books. You will not think <laughs> this, And I'm not getting paid a penny. I'm spending millions on my own. Uh, but the best way is people who invest in the private sector because that gives people jobs. It creates value. It creates innovation. It drives prices down. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it uh, provides goods and services to people, and it pays taxes because we do need to pay taxes for protecting our liberties. Mm. So you, there's this huge... That's Nobody understands the private sector. Nobody understands what, what I'm saying here. I I don't even know how to explain it. I don't even know how to educate people because it seems like if you can't figure that out, if you can't see the healing motivation for wanting to... The, the way to destroy someone's self-esteem is give them something they didn't earn. Bingo. And, it, but, you know, I also worry that we're not exactly... It, some oh, some some dogs are bred, and they just want to surf, and they want to obey, and some want to fight, some want to just lay around, and you know I worry that you know we're just we're 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 not motivating the right kind of behavior, we're not tr- training our kids at all. I mean, every time I see one of these under twenty-five-year-old people, I think their parents should be in the jail cell with them. Mm but we don't even put them in the jail cell, you know but you should be you should be a little more responsible for your biological issue. yeah that's a, that's a rant and a ramble and
1: <laughs> uh-huh. no, I love that that the way to destroy someone's self-esteem is to give them something they didn't earn. yeah you you've got it is this problem with earning right because it's the problem with the state ultimately is they're not earning their revenues they're extracting their revenues without performing any work. It's just a threat. It's coercion. And that money gets spent badly because surprise, surprise, you don't, you have much more of an incentive to be intelligent with money that you earned rather than money that you stole. So all of the capital that's flowing into the state, which you just said is close to 50%, fifty-five zero percent of GDP, which is a staggering number is basically being misallocated. And, um, that's, that's a, a big, big problem. Um, what are your, do you, I guess let me ask it this way. Your views on central banking, Bitcoin, money in generally, what, I guess I would, lo, I would love to hear your answer actually to the question, just what is money? Right, we, we've asked a lot of guests this question, gotten a lot of different answers and then what is it about the corruption of money that seems to corrupt all these other facets of life? You know, um, it's a question I, I've been reflecting on a lot and uh, something I'm, I'm going to be talking about soon, but I, I'd just love to hear your thoughts about
0: that. Well, I think money is a wonderful, and even digital money could be a wonderful uh, upgrade to, you know, the, I mean, the first money was gold, right? Or, you know, you bartering, we bartered and, mm-hmm. you know, uh gold became a a a, a two- way barter. You, you could barter to get gold and then gold to get something else, right uh, And that was useful. and then, yeah, paper was good too, as long as it was secured by Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. Then we bought the gold standard and we created the Fed and then all of a sudden we we, we, we let you know WC Fields in the liquor closet that's so so that's We younger people had to look that one up. <laughs> and uh, it's it's um, then then it's just criminality, and there's n- there's no consequence for having a budget deficit. In fact, we got a president right now saying, "You're not working with me, I'm because you won't raise the the deficit, the uh, the budget ceiling." Oh my mm-hmm. god! And it, there's no human in America other than our. Elected officials who can operate that way, right. and they just use it. There's no question why they want to tax me, because then they use it to buy votes. Mm-hmm. And you know, more than half the citizens don't play inca- don't pay income tax in the United States. There's no skin in the game, mm-hmm. and people voting for a living. You was know, it the, the Tocqueville or somebody said, or Jefferson or somebody said? You know, you'll have the you'll have the republic for as long as you can uh, keep people from voting for a living. I don't know exactly what the quote mm-hmm. was, but they figured out how to vote for a living and the government has figured out how to control you and, and influence and, and get into every major uh institution, cultural institution in America from preschool to Hollywood, to mainstream media, to social media, to, uh, I mean, just you name it. They're even getting into the sports leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's, It's staggering to see all the entertainment business. Uh, And they've gotten into, obviously, the universities. They've gotten into the bio labs. (laughs) Uh, They're way, way, way out of their lane. And uh, now they control it all to buy votes to stay in power and to be able to buy nice little homes in Martha's Vineyard just before the uh, oceans rise to swamp it. I mean, (laughs) it's... That was funny. I saw someone mention that recently that
1: all of these politicians, you know, talking out against climate change, while they're at the same time buying these coastal properties. Like, if they actually believed in climate change, you wouldn't want to own something near the coast, obviously. Um, but just a, it was just kind of a, a shining example of that duplicitous nature. You know, saying that the, the ocean, the ocean's going to rise fifty inches in whatever time frame,
0: yet I'm buying this place over here on. The so my, I, my message for the world is don't get confused by all of the chaff they drop out of the back of the airplane, the tinfoil they drop mm-hmm. out, track the, your your little surface-to-air missiles. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're constantly dropping that out to, so you're not watching what the bomber is doing. Right. And, <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, people say, well, that's hypocritical. I'd laugh, no, it's a perfect strategy because you're running around own calling it hypocritical instead of doing something about it. That's right. And it, there's no question money is being absolutely stolen, it's being counterfeited, it's being printed, it's being ripped off, and it's mostly regressive, as I said. Mm. And it's certainly not regressive to the oligarchs because, I mean, do you think... Um, Amazon is upset when there's another smash and grab video on TikTok. Think about that. Of course not. That just my wife doesn't go shopping anymore. She just gets on Amazon, and every time she sees a video like that, she goes, "I'm not going out there." Huh. And then another restaurant gets shut down, and then a big farm. In. How about this banking thing? If yeah. the bank is big to fail, it ought to be broken up immediately. No, what are we doing? JP Morgan's taking over the something Republic and, and Silicon Valley Bank with and and even even Switzerland. The UBS took over Credit Suisse. The banks are getting bigger and the and the government is calling the shots on who gets to be a banker. Why? Because when they put in out their digital coins, those banks are gonna line up and toe the mark. Or the government's gonna say, I'm gonna Create a run on your bank, and I'm not going to save you, and you're all going to be screwed. And I'm going to, in fact, you're going to go to jail because you mismanage your bank because I put a run on your bank. Do you see? Do you see the the do loop here that is yeah. absolutely destructive? So our banks are getting bigger, the oligarchs are getting bigger, and we're not. We don't have capitalism and a free market economy right now. We have phony statism. Yeah, that's what we got. People, people who want to push Marxism call it crony capitalism. No, there's no such thing. That's an oxymoron. It's crony statism. And and again, you know, rolling back to words, crony capitalism. There's no such thing. That's like saying truthful liar. It, it, it's, it's not. There's no such thing as crony. No, that's, that's, that's
1: wonderfully said because capitalism is... An institutionalized policy of respect for private property. So just people keeping what they earn. To call that...
0: Chron- I mean, it doesn't... You can't... And, and, by that. Way, and by the way, it's also freedom is the right to be a dumbass, is the right to make a mistake, and the right to go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Of course.
1: The way of nature, right? If you don't... If there's not risk of loss, then there's no incentive to behave properly and, and intelligently. Um, just like what we were saying earlier, when the money's stolen, you're just frivolous
0: with it because you didn't earn it. You are not know, frivolous what you buy it to create more, you use it to buy more power and more position and more. more right. Control.
1: Yeah. It's well said. Um, I have to ask you as, as a man that has, you know, you said you started working hard. I think you said the dollar 75 an hour was your first job. A man who has amassed a lot of wealth for himself in his life how has your relationship with money changed over time?
0: Um, it, it's, it's sort of a burden because I feel I need to be responsible in where I invest it. I want to give other people a chance to start the company. Because you know we were four 27-year-olds when we got started at Sun. Mm. And I had three years business experience, which was more than the other three founders combined. And we had venture capitalists give us money to allow us to get started. And we changed the world, literally. Changed the world with that four million dollars of investment they made back in the olden days, and I want to I want to do that with my own charitable donations, which I'm very careful with, and I think Kariki is the most responsible one I can do right now because uh, I'm actually managing and working in that. Uh, I'm actually supposed to be on a board meeting right now with Kariki, oh. they, they will wait. They will. Okay. I'm a big donor. And my son, my son who's a pro golfer, has a thing called www.birdiesforeducation.com. Every time he makes a birdie on the pro tour, people are pledging dollars to Currici. And he's raised over a million dollars. He's 27 years old, and he's already raised a million dollars for this effort. That's that's the kind of good capitalist kind of uh, efforts that I want to see out of all my boys. And I wish I could see out of everybody. Everybody's working hard. All four of my boys are... Out of the house, making money, earning their own living, and um, you know, people call up to them and say, "Oh, you're rich." You go, "No, my dad's rich. I'm not." <laughs> that's that's the way it goes. So, you know, I want, I want to, I'd, I'd like to see people take huge responsibility for growing the private sector and shrinking the government into their responsible. You look at what the framers wrote they were genius they wrote the most unbelievable set of documents and and all the rationale is there and nobody reads it in school nobody learns it and understands it and we have the Marxists saying it's crap you know they're greedy they're, they're they they call people working hard and making money corrupt and people who dull victims and it's It's, um, it's, it's, I apologize to every young person, even younger than you, because it was my generation that let this happen. And, and I don't quite know what to do about it now. Uh, but we're responsible. We're not the greatest, you know, the greatest generation was my dad Mm -hmm. and people who fought those wars and died for liberty and freedom so that we didn't have a totalitarian, uh, imperialistic Japan or Germany mm-hmm. or Russia running. We'd all be speaking German. That would that would not be a good thing. Um and they were the greatest generation. And I look at mine and I think we were the I, I don't know I don't I don't know what how we should be named, but I don't think history is going to view my generation very well. Well, I
1: don't think you should bear all the blame. I mean, it's it's about individuals, right? Not entire generations. And
0: when I was in a position of power and influence, I was one of the four horsemen with Larry Allison and at Oracle and uh, Cisco with uh, John Chambers and uh, Joe Tucci at EMC. We were the four horsemen. We were the hmm. you know we were the kind of the, it, the it's fleeting, but we didn't. None of us got involved in politics. We were apolitical. We were we we made a conscious decision to stay out of the swamp called D.C. And then the next generation came in there and they went right to Zuckerberg, put four hundred million dollars into the last election in in Georgia. Yeah, there's a the newer generation just said we're going to be social justice warriors or we're going to be crony status. Or we're just going to be oligarchs, mm. and um, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy what happened in my lifetime. Yeah, it's it's, it's unfortunate what central banking has done to the size of the state. Yeah. Um, when did the OED get? There? I don't even know. But that I mean, that nineteen thirteen. Yeah, that's the beginning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well. Nonetheless, you have done a lot to contribute to the development of the internet, and the internet's been a great tool for human freedom. And it was a precursor to Bitcoin. It Looks like Bitcoin's going to be an even bigger tool for human freedom. So, I wouldn't sure carry I'm too much. Don't carry too much of that
0: blame around on your shoulders. You've done a lot. Well, I'm going to keep battling until uh, until uh, I've I've become one of those uh, intellectually uh, compromised people. <laughs>
1: Well, good for you. That's uh that's a good fight. Maybe I'll run your office then. <laughs> <laughs> that's you that's uh yeah, a good fit there for sure. Um Scott, I really appreciate you doing this. I don't want to keep you from your board meeting. Um, would you like to let people
0: know where they could find you on the internet? Um, yeah, I suppose the best place would be to go to LinkedIn and uh just, just track me down there and I'll I'll respond back that way Fantastic!
1: We will link to that in the show notes, Scott. I really appreciate you doing this. This was a blast talking to you,
0: Robert. Stay in touch. Let me know if you get to Vegas, baby. All right.
1: Thank you, sir. Bye
0: bye.